Welcome to the American Citizens Abroad podcast. I'm Michelle, and today I'm chatting with Sarah Dyson, the mind behind the website Expat in Croatia. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks for chatting with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Michelle. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> We're happy to have you. Could you share with us how you ended up in Croatia? What brought you there? And have you lived in any other countries? So, where do I even start? <laughs> I have lived in other countries. I lived in the Netherlands for one year, and I lived in Budapest, Hungary for about six months. That was in the middle of my Croatia journey. I came to Croatia really because the Netherlands didn't want me. I really loved living in the Netherlands, and I was only there a year because they made me leave, and I came back to the United States to kind of regroup and figure out how I could get back to Europe. So I was in the States again for about three years, and then I was like, okay, it's time to go back to Europe. I want to go back to Amsterdam. And the only way for me to have done that as an American at the time was to get sponsored by a company. And it's pretty hard to do that, especially when you don't already live in the country. Because of that, in addition to the fact that the cost of living had drastically increased, I thought I'd give Croatia a try. And I didn't know that Croatia even existed until 2011. <laughs> I was doing some research for a trip to Italy and came across this Random blog post, these two Americans, they had taken a kayaking trip down the very, very long coast of Croatia, and they absolutely adored it. And I was like, what is this paradise that I have never known about? So I started researching Croatia, and I came here on a holiday in 2011, really dug it. So then when it became clear that I couldn't go back to the Netherlands, I was like, okay, well, why don't I give Croatia a try? And if it doesn't work out, it'll just be a long vacation. And if it does, amazing came here in May 2012, and I've been here ever since. Within about six months, I fell in love with it, just completely head over heels, and it just started to feel like home. And thankfully, I've managed to do everything that the government wanted me to do so that I can now stay here forever. So I feel very grateful and lucky for that privilege. What surprised you most when you first moved to Croatia? The people. They are so tremendously generous and welcoming in a way that I wasn't quite expecting. It was a huge conflict between how I was raised in Texas, which was everyone's out to get you. <laughs> everyone's out to kidnap you. You're always in danger. That's, that's really how I felt as a child growing up in the 80s and 90s. So when I came here and people were almost bending over backwards, people that didn't know me. I was still a stranger. I had no connections when I came here. And people I just didn't know would do everything in their power to help or be kind or offer something to me. Or I have a couple of examples that I can give you. When I was looking for an apartment, so I had a real estate agent that was helping me find someplace to rent. And she was like, you need an OIB I didn't know what an OIB was. An OIB is essentially like a social security number for Croatia. And I was like, okay, so how do I get that? She's like, don't worry, I'll take you. So she takes me to the tax office. She communicates with the person there and gets me an OIB in like 10 minutes. I didn't have to do anything. And then I was walking in my neighborhood one day. This story is really impactful for me. It really means a lot. It was kind of the turning point for me of what drew me into Croatia. I was walking to the beach. It was a beautiful day. And this Croatian man walked up to me. He had this wicker basket of homegrown tomatoes. 
all different sizes and colors, clearly just freshly picked from his garden. And he puts the basket out to me. He shoves it towards me. Like, please take some. Now, he didn't speak any English, and I didn't speak any Croatian. I was barely in Croatia five minutes. But it was such this tremendous kindness and generosity that I just, I don't know, based on what I was used to growing up in the States, I felt a little bit apprehensive. But he genuinely just wanted to share his creations with me. And that was such an amazing gesture that kind of opened my eyes to the community that they have here. And in the last 11 years since I've been here, that was not wrong. That was that was not an isolated incident. That is absolutely how creations are. It's a default to them. They don't even realize they're doing it. It's not transactional. They're doing it because this is how they feel you should act to other humans, not because they're trying to get something in return. And that was a huge life lesson for me. What challenges have you faced as an American when you first moved to Croatia? Really, the language has been the biggest challenge for me. In 11 years, I am not fluent in Croatian. I am completely comfortable with being upfront about that. It's not for lack of trying. I'm now with my fourth teacher. I'm at the Croatian Language School based in Zagreb, and I love it, and I love learning Croatian. I really enjoy it. Whenever I hit those little milestones, it's like, oh, my God, this just feels so good. But at the end of the day, I'm not fluent. You deal with judgment because of that. I do feel like it has held me back in friendships because I have a lot of Croatian friends and they're speaking to me in their second language rather than their native language. So I know that there are pieces of their personality that I'm missing out on because of that. That breaks my heart. And there are also sometimes situations where you just aren't going to get invited to those things because... You're not fluent. You kind of stick out like a sore thumb in those kinds of situations. It's not to say that I don't understand or I can't speak. I can, but I'm not at that level to have just a fluid improvisational conversation. What bums me out about it, what I think is like a contributing factor. There's there's a lot of contributing factors when it comes to learning a language. Some people are better at it than others. That's natural. We all have different brains. Some people are great at science and others aren't. Some people are great at math and others aren't. Some are really great at learning other languages and others aren't. And I know that I am one of those people who I'm just not great with second languages or other languages, I should say. But that being said, I think that the way that we educate in the States in terms of second languages or third languages does us a bit of a disservice. Croatian kids start learning English at grade one. And a lot of families here, they're not just speaking one language or two languages. Sometimes they're speaking three. I wish that when I had my elementary education, that that is when I started a second language. If I was bilingual from the time that I was seven or eight, it would have made it a lot easier for me to learn a third language in the future. That is something I, I wish I'd had the opportunity for. The first opportunity I had to learn a second language in my public education was in the eighth grade. So in comparison to Croatians, they already had like a seven or eight year head start in learning a second language. What do you miss most about the U.S. and anything you don't miss? 
Well, as far as what I miss the most, I definitely miss my family and friends. They are scattered across the country, both coasts and in the south, and it's really hard to visit. It's always a big trip. It's a big trip no matter which direction you're going, but I go to Texas, and then I just go to Texas, and then if I go visit New York, I'm just going to New York. It's really difficult to see people on a regular basis. I would say on the contrary to that, it does make those moments that I do have with them in person that much more valuable and high quality, which is something I'm really coming to see now at at this stage in my life, now that I've been gone as long as I have. I don't know that the experiences would be quite as valuable if I had them more often. If I was living in the same place, I think it's really natural for us to not necessarily appreciate our relationships to the fullest when we have ready access to them. But when we don't, we cherish them a lot more. Aside from that, I definitely miss food. I miss Tex-Mex. That's what I miss, if I'm being honest. I miss enchiladas and brisket and queso and chips and salsa on every table. I was home in Texas in March for a couple of funerals. And every time I went out with a family member or a friend, they're like, what do you want to eat? And I'm like, whatever you want, I'm down for. And every single one of them was like, let's go for Tex-Mex because that is just Pretty much the entire diet in Texas is Tex-Mex all the time, and it just does not get old. And we'd sit down at a Tex-Mex restaurant, and they set down salsa in a bottomless bowl of chips, and I'm like, this is heaven. (laughs) We just cannot get that kind of food over here. It doesn't mean people haven't tried, but it's just, it's not the same. I certainly, certainly miss that. As far as what I don't miss, I don't miss the danger, the feeling that there's a lack of safety. There are places in Texas where it's not safe to be there in daylight. So I don't miss that. I don't miss the greed, the arguments about politics. It's not to say that we don't have arguments about politics in Croatia or anywhere else in the world. Every country has arguments about politics, but the United States is really going through a pretty tough time and has been for a while. And it's, There's no one solution. There's no one individual that's going to fix it. But it seems clear to me when I go there, even if there's not a discussion about it, you can see it in the way people talk, carry themselves, act like there's this undercurrent of something that's going on that's really quite unsavory that's affecting people's daily lives. Just the stress of it. I don't miss that at all. And to make it a little bit lighter, I don't, I don't miss driving everywhere. I get laughed at whenever I go back to the States because, well, to Texas, I should say, because I like walking. I'm used to walking now. It's unusual to take a car if you're only going like two minutes. On one of my trips, I think it was in 2021, I went back to Texas and I was walking. It was only a mile distance, which is not very far. But it was on the south side of downtown Dallas. And I just could not justify taking a taxi. I just couldn't do it in my head. So I was like, I'm going to walk. I didn't see anyone else walking this stretch of road pretty much until, like, I got almost to where I needed to be. But I did get screamed at. This guy in a big old truck drove by and started screaming at me. And I was like, I don't understand what this has to do with you or why you're so upset about it. My parents, they live, like, 
so close. It's really maybe a three minute walk to their supermarket, but you drive there. Everyone in their neighborhood drives there. But I walk and whenever I walk around, I just get stared at. You can feel the eyeballs on you from every single driver. Like, what is this person doing? (laughs) Why are they walking? You really are the alien when that happens. So I don't miss it. It's not to say I don't drive here. I got a car this past year, but I, I was living here for the first 10 years without a car and it was pretty easy. But now at this stage, the way the business has grown, I'm doing a lot more business trips. So I am driving quite a bit more. If I'm not traveling outside of Split where I live, the car is just kind of sitting there collecting dust. It's actually a bit more trouble than it's worth. Sometimes parking is is not easy. Could you tell us a bit about your site, Expat in Croatia? Who is it for and what can visitors find on your site and what services you offer? Expat in Croatia is a site that I started in 2013, although I kind of came up with the idea just within three months of arriving in Croatia. I wanted to build a site that had resources for people who wanted to live in Croatia. That was the original concept. That is still the concept today. That is the mission. But the site is for... Pretty much anybody who wants anything to do with Croatia. It's not just for foreigners. It's also for Croatians. We have a lot of Croatians that follow us that use our resources. There are more resources available on our site than are necessarily offered on the government sites. They are more detailed. They're more organized. Generally speaking, most of our audience are foreigners, people who wish to come to live in Croatia who have no connection to Croatia or people who have Croatian heritage and they live abroad. Maybe their family member left Croatia many generations ago, moved abroad permanently and built their lives in another country. It really is for everybody. We cover bureaucracy. That's our thing. Our main specialty is bureaucracy. So we're pretty obsessed about that. So anything related to immigration, citizenship, healthcare, how to run a business, real estate, pretty much almost every procedure we have covered. And we do these detailed step-by-step guides so that people can navigate this system on their own if they wish to try. And then if they want to have help, then we offer services so that they can have us help them. We have a consulting service where we do calls or in-person meetings where we guide them on whatever it is that they want to talk about. They can ask questions. We can walk them through procedures, identify red flags, that kind of thing. We also have relocation services where we help people find apartments. We can accompany them to the police station so that they can apply for residence or accomplish some other kind of procedure. We also help people import. So if they want to import a car, their belongings, we have a colleague on staff who specializes in the customs and border regulations. So we have those in-house services. And then we have this kind of other area of our services, which I'm so super proud of. Over the last four or five years, I've built this vetted network of creation professionals. So it started off with our lawyer network. We now have 15 vetted English-speaking lawyers around the country that specialize in immigration, citizenship, property predominantly, but also corporate work, criminal law, family law. That's something that we have been steadily building. And it's just so exciting because all of the lawyers that we have in our network, they all consider each other colleagues. 
when someone's represented by one of our lawyers in split, they're actually really represented by the entire network because they get to benefit from the knowledge of the lawyers in all different parts of the country. And if they find something that they're not quite sure how to deal with, they can talk to the others. They can bounce ideas. And that kind of information sharing has been incredible. And they also help us vet our content. Sometimes we run into things and we can't get an answer from the government, so they can help point us in the right direction. They've been a tremendous asset to us to help make sure that we're putting out accurate content, as well as the ability to connect them with our clients so that they can get the help that they need, because it can be very easy to not know who to trust in any foreign country. It doesn't have to necessarily be Croatia. Any country that you're not familiar with, or even if you are familiar with it, can still be hard to know who to trust. So we try and do all that vetting and all that legwork in advance so that our clients don't have to do that. We also have that vetted tax advisors and accountants, translators, and insurance agents. What inspired you to create the site? When I first came here, there were no resources for anyone who wanted to move to Croatia. That wasn't a thing. There weren't expat groups. There's no one to talk to. It was really just, you have to figure this out on your own. It's all up to you. And I'm really a dive head first kind of gal. That's okay with me. A light bulb did go off in my head like, oh, this could be an opportunity to share my experiences, share the procedures that I've gone through. And I never thought about turning it into a business. That wasn't something that happened until like about five or six years into the project. I just wanted to have a free blog that I put up that maybe as long as it helped one person that came after me, it would definitely be worth it. But the government site was very limited and it was still all in Croatian. There weren't even very many tourist-focused sites that were in English. A lot of them were still in Croatian, catering to people from all across the Balkans. It was something that just didn't exist. And then over the course of the first five years or so, I would answer questions for people just in my spare time. I, you know, worked with some creations here and there to help me with research, to put up new posts. Sometimes I would go a few months without posting. Sometimes it would take me two months to reply to somebody, but I always reply to them. And then in 2018, I guess, is when I qualified to apply for long-term residence. And as part of that application process, they said that I needed to have a salary, a creation salary, which I didn't have at the time. And it wasn't going to really be possible for me to just go out and get a job here without being fluent and also just the cost of living difference. At the time, I still had student loans in the States. Like, there was just no way that I was going to be able to to live on a creation salary at that, at that time. So... I opened up a company and when I opened up the company, I was like, okay, I need to do something with this company. I do not just want to open up this company just for the pure benefit of being able to obtain long-term residence because opening up a company is not free. I was having to loan money to that company every month just to pay the salary that was required by the police so that I could get long-term residence. That wasn't sustainable. I thought about it. I did quite a bit of work and self-reflection and planning and realized that I felt like I could actually turn expat and creation into a business. That's what I did. <laughs> this year is actually our 10-year anniversary since we started, and we have a staff of 10. So it's grown quite nicely, I'd have to say. That's great. Happy anniversary. Thank you. 
What are some of the challenges and perks of running a business in Croatia? I would say that the language is definitely a challenge. When we're talking about the growth of the business, no matter whether it's this business or you're running a restaurant or anything else, you are going to be interacting with Croatians a lot. You do need to do networking. You do have to deal with the government. And when you are not fluent, that can hold you back. If I'm talking just about my experience, now that we are at this level, the government clearly knows about us. We represented the government last year in Romania at a conference. We've reached a certain level. And I'm now being very often put in rooms full of Croatians who are executive level politicians, diplomats. It can feel very intimidating when I don't feel like I can walk right up to them and have a conversation in Croatians. I think that if I'm speaking just from my perspective, that is definitely a challenge. Something else is they have a lot of rules when it comes to running a business, operating a business, both accounting wise, tax wise, and then also just basic operations. And you're expected to just know all those things when you're a foreigner Even if you weren't a foreigner, even if you were a native Croatian, you're born here, you lived your entire life, you're not going to know all of the things that you're supposed to do. But you're going to have more of an idea. When you're a foreigner, you're walking into it, and you're like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. There's no one to really tell you or lead you in the right direction. There are so many things that I learned along the way just by meeting other business owners or making mistakes or whatever. So that has been a really big challenge because it almost puts you in this box where you feel like, oh, no, am I breaking the law? <laughs> because I don't know if 100% I'm doing everything right. It can give you this sense of insecurity that is not really fun because I don't ever want to break the law. It's really important to me that I don't. There are a number of different ways that you can feel insecure. And when you're operating a business, there's a higher level of scrutiny and visibility and risk. And so I'd say that that's one of the tough things about it. But as far as what's great about it, one thing that I think is special to Croatia about operating a business here is that Croatia is still pretty much the Wild West. There are a lot of things that don't exist in Croatia that exist everywhere else in the world. That means that you have an opportunity to start something that doesn't yet exist in Croatia. And that's what I did. Now, I didn't really think about it at the time. Now I'm fully aware of it, but I wasn't setting out to do something that necessarily hadn't been done, or at least I wasn't thinking about it in that way. Now that it's come this far, it's like I was able to create the first business of this kind. And that is unbelievable to me. Another example, my buddy Kent, he is a New Yorker. He opened up a bagel shop here in Split, where I live. Bagel shop, that's not something new in the world, but it was new to Croatia, definitely new to Split. So he was the first one who did this. And I don't know if anyone else is going to do it after him, but he was able to Be the first one. And, of course, he was able to learn from all the other bagel shops in the world and in New York in particular. There's a lot of mistakes he didn't have to make because 
the plan was already there. It was just a matter of moving it here. And there was a tremendous amount of work that went into it. I mean, months and months and months of testing because the water is different, the flowers different, all these kinds of things. He certainly had lots of challenges, but he was able to be the first one to do this thing, which means he could set the standard. He could be the one to raise the bar. And that is really exciting. I mean, I wish that there were 60 of me because There are so many business ideas that I have, things I want to do in Croatia, and there's just not enough time in the day. So I think that's really the most exciting thing about operating a business in Croatia. You can be so creative and do so many different things. They don't have quite the same progress when it comes to marketing and advertising and those kinds of things so that when you have that knowledge from outside of how other things are done, advances that have been made, new technologies – You can implement them here and just immediately jump ahead. I came with Rowan's tour business for, I don't know, seven or eight years or something like that. And when I built the site, I was the first one to implement live chat in the whole country on a tour site. And that, I mean, that technology had been around for a really long time, but no one was using it here. Now it's a lot more common. But that's just one tiny example of a way that, Something I implemented based on my knowledge from growing up in the United States, being in the agency world in the United States that I was able to bring to creation. It helped my business grow much faster. What challenges do those immigrating to Croatia face today? Finding housing is a big challenge. We have had a housing shortage here. I mean, it's not in every area of Croatia, but the cities that are most popular with foreigners are Zagreb and Split. And those are the ones that have housing shortages. Split is the absolute worst. I talked to probably between 15 and 18 people per week over Zoom on my consulting sessions. 90% of them want to come to Split. Yeah, we had a housing shortage before the pandemic. And now it's significantly worse because so many people are coming to Split in Zagreb. We also had an influx from Ukraine and Russia because of that conflict. So there's a very high demand and a very short supply. And an additional challenge that we have, just to kind of make the whole thing worse, we have huge inflation in our prices, not because that is what naturally needed to happen in coordination with the inflation that we've had all, all around the world. This is more isolated because we do have a lot of people who are coming from more expensive markets like New York, L.A., Sydney, London, places like that have a much higher cost of living. And so maybe they were paying $4,000 or something for their rent. And then they come here and they see a studio that's $1,500 and like, oh, that's a great deal. I'm going to do that. When in reality, they should only be paying $400 instead of $1,500. So we've had that kind of situation and it's just incrementally increased these rates. And so People can't find housing, and if they do, it may not be year-round because the landlords want to rent it out to tourists during the summer. And what they do find, they're not sure if the prices are right or not, so that's a big challenge. But those problems, they can be solved with education. That's what we try and do is really communicate to everybody, this is what a reasonable rate is for a one-bedroom apartment in all of the major cities, so you know what is reasonable. And then in the case of Split, we help people find apartments. So I'd say that's the biggest one. Language is not as big of a deal. If they're going to be in the city center and they're only going to be here for about a year, they can get by with a minimal amount of courtesy Croatian. 
hi, goodbye, thank you, good day, that kind of thing. So that's not too big of a deal. I'd say it's really easy to make friends. The way that we have expat community set up here, that's really easy. People are very friendly. It's super safe. The water and air are clean. The challenge is really that. Also, I think there's a mind adjustment that sometimes people have to do when they come here because they're coming here with an expectation that it's going to be like where they came from, and then it's not, and sometimes that frustrates people. But I think that's also something that can be solved with education. Have you noticed an increase of Americans interested in moving to Croatia? Oh, my goodness, yes. Like a thousand percent. In fact, Americans are our biggest audience. And what is the American expat community like in Croatia? Who is it made up of? It's made up of retirees, for sure. There aren't very many students, I wouldn't say. It's not to say there are none, but students, I'd say, are pretty rare. And then we have a lot of digital nomads, people who are in their 20s and they want to spend a year in Croatia and then go somewhere else. And then we have a lot of families, people who are in their late 30s, 40s, 50s, who have a child or two kids, they're coming here with their whole family. And usually in that case, they want to stay longer than a year. They want to try and extend their time as long as possible, which actually that reminds me of one other challenge that might actually go above the housing one is I find that most Americans and most foreigners in general, once they come to Croatia, they never want to leave. And staying in Croatia long term is very, very challenging if you are not an EU citizen or you're not married to an EU citizen. What piece of advice would you give an American thinking about moving to Croatia? Do as much research as you possibly can, hopefully on expatcroatia.com. <laughs> we're confronted with conflicts a lot because people have expectations about how they think things should function. And when they don't function that way, the way that they expect people can get frustrated. And I understand that. That's human nature. There's lots of times where I have an expectation that things are going to work one way and then they don't. And that that happens most often when I'm operating the business or when I'm trying to learn the language and I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Every country does things differently. And I... Look, I can only speak from my experience. All of this is just my experience. But my experience growing up in the United States was from the very beginning, I was told America is the greatest country on earth. And that's just not true. There are lots of amazing countries in the world. Every country in the world has something amazing about it. Usually lots of amazing things about it. Lots of countries in the world are better at certain things. I've noticed Now that I've been here this long and I've seen both sides, there are things that Croatia does better than the United States. And there are some things that the United States does that are better than Croatia. That obviously is going to apply to any country in the world. So it's really about educating yourself about the process. And to be very specific, if you want to come here to apply for citizenship or you want to apply for residence, make sure you get your background check before you leave the United States. That's super mega, mega important. Last year, I spoke to people from about 90 countries, and getting a background check and getting an apostille put on it is the most difficult in the United States of all of those countries. Too often, people are not doing their due diligence before they actually get on a plane to come here, and then they get to Croatia and find out that they need this thing that actually takes three or four months to obtain And it's quite difficult to get from here. And then they get frustrated and upset. And usually that frustration and anger gets directed at Croatia when it's not Croatia's fault. Croatia is an amazing place to be. 
It really, really is. I encourage anyone who has the opportunity to experience it, even if it's only for a week or two. I feel like it can be very transformative. It's, it's very special. It really, really is. It's very close to my heart. But it's important to set yourself up for success and do that. Do that due diligence, do that education, do that research before you get here to make sure that you can make the most of your time here for however long that you have it. And do you have any other final thoughts you'd like to share? Yeah, creation is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) If I can, I just want to say a couple words about creation because I really have unexpectedly made my home here. This is not something that I was planning on. Like I, I knew that I wanted to live in Europe. But I didn't know where and I didn't know where this life was going to take me. And I there were some very, very traumatic things that happened throughout my life. When you look back at your life, you think, oh, should I have made that decision? Maybe that was a mistake. Maybe I should have done something differently. But sometimes those really catastrophic events in our life end up leading us to some place so incredibly positive and transformative that we never have expected it. We can't have those regrets or let those pile up because they always come with good things. And with me in particular, there were some decisions I made that maybe from the outside looking in, people could make the observation, well, you should have done something differently. But if I had, I would not have found Croatia and It really transformed my life. I know we're not talking about that today. I talk a lot about it on our Instagram account. I'm very honest about kind of all those struggles and challenges that I've had. But Croatia just as a whole and its people has changed my life for the better, has made me a better person. And I'm really grateful that I've been allowed to be here as long as I have and that they've extended the opportunity for me to apply for citizenship. I'm just... There's not enough words that I can possibly say to communicate how grateful I am for that. As a one last thing I'll say, the Texas culture is very, very strong and the Croatian culture is very, very strong. And I find so many parallels between the two of them that it almost makes you wonder like, oh, maybe that is a contributing factor to why this place feels like home so much because they do have some similarities. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Thank you so much, Michelle. It's been a pleasure. The American Citizens Abroad podcast is a monthly podcast that is published the second Tuesday of each month. It is edited and produced by me, Michelle, and is a product of American Citizens Abroad. You can find us on Twitter at ACA underscore podcast, on Facebook at American Citizens Abroad podcast, or you can email us at podcast at americansabroad.org. Remember, give us a good rating on Apple Podcasts so other Americans living abroad can find us. 